0: Well we have found out today that the New England Patriots are going to interview Keenan McCardo for their offensive coordinator spot along with Nick Cayley. Mm. Andy Hart had a lot to uh, say about that last hour. It is our final hour on this Wednesday. Gresham Foyer here with you. 105 is the time. Thank you for making us a part of your day wherever you are. Make sure you do it consistently. Download that Odyssey app so that you can listen to us wherever you go. And I know we've done a lot of football today. And I'm well, normal on hockey too. We did a little bit of hockey today of as well. That's true. We slid in a little basketball. Yeah. We got the we nerded out for a little bit. I'm telling you, man, if if we just opened up the five minute football nerd to turn it into the fifteen minute football nerd, you would be shocked at some of the questions. I think that people have been uh, dying to ask a former NFLer, but have always been afraid to ask. And normally, I am reticent to jump too far ahead. Right, uh, but tomorrow night. At the garden, it is the rematch of the NBA finals between the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, which means, and pardon me for putting it this way. But that uh, that whiny bitch, Draymond Green, and I guess that's about as far as I can go with that. I would add some other things in there as well. Nah, oh, man. Nah, uh, yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> you know what it is? Here's a part of what, and I'll get to the rest of the Draymond Green. Thing. You know what bothers me about Draymond Green? What? He's a mouth breather. He doesn't, he doesn't, he just, it's like a fish. Like Did you ever? You, I, I know you played football with a mouth breather. I got two. Explain to me a mouth breather. It's a guy. It to me. It's a guy who stands there and they're either mouth open and they're just breathing through it like they're on the other end of a phone. <sighs> yeah, his mouth is always open. Or they're just standing there and they're breathing through their nose, but their mouth is kind of open part of the time. There was this dude that I. There was this dude I played college football with, and we were amazed at his ability. His mouth was open all the time. You could have <laughs> walked in and stuck your fingers or a banana or whatever. And it's just oh. one of these, Chris. It was like, what is the it, whole is it, time. isn't Ty Lu a mouth breather? A little former, bit. It looks like it, though. I, I feel like Ty Lue was that guy. But those Maybe dudes not. that's to me, that's Draymond Green. Is that he's always his mouth is open when it isn't running, he's always just looking saying, or he gave you give me that look, you'd be like, You want to hit him up back at the back of the head and be like, What's wrong with you? Can you not close your mouth? Like, I don't know why that bothers is, is me. Is he is he the type of guy that, you know, okay, so you hate him for what he does and how he is with another team because you're competing against him. But if you he was on your team, would you end up loving him and his attitude and his ability just to Because no. he doesn't give a crap. No, he doesn't, and but he doesn't give a crap in a good way. It's the he doesn't give a crap in the bad way. He's got a guy on his team who uh, did the who who went to the lowest common denominator, right? Clay Thompson. Oh, these Boston fans, and they always do the what about the children? Oh, yeah, I know. Oh my God, See, that's what every bugs every trite politician in the world. When they were introducing sports betting in Rhode Island, the guy who runs the Senate down there. But what about the children? Yeah, right. It's like every argument can end. Boy, these athletes get too much money. Well, what about teachers? Yes. You can always go. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, but it's always. What the- about bus drivers? What about the children? Shut up, Clay Thompson. Like, seriously. They, oh, drive, hold on. they drive me nuts because of those two guys. Yeah, as, you're right. For as much respect as We're I have that. for uh, Steph Curry. He does it right. He stays out of trouble. The whole nine yards, right? This guy is what the NBA would love to be, a shining light of what a superstar really is. And you couldn't have two more just vagine, whiny babies than Thompson and Green. Well, see, I think Thompson is probably worse for me because for the most part, Green is who he is. You know, so you know that he's going to be dirty. You know that he's going to, you know, push the edge and you know try to get his try to get you going and get you frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's 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 been hypocritical with his post game press conference, especially last year. Oh yeah, but Clay Thompson is the one where he just gave the most pathetic, just arrogant, stuck up, conceited like answer when it came to. Fans yelling in an arena. It's a competition. Like, oh, "Oh, "Oh, I thought we were above. this. like, stop it. Uh, If it's worth, if it's gonna be in any part of your life, this this is what it is. So he tries to shame everybody. Okay, after the game is over, about I can't believe. Oh, I I thought you guys were better than that. We would never do this in San Francisco. Shut up. Right, it happens everywhere. Please. It was like, oh, people before. Dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Oh, my God. See, to me, that deserves, like, a beatdown. That, that to me, is the biggest sign of just disrespect out of all of them. We all know what arena we play in. We all know what the rules are. You're going to sit here and act like you're above it. Like, you're so above it all. You're so evolved that we can't yell at you now. Oh, like, you're special. Children. Oh, shut up. I don't have I don't have the patience for that at all. To be honest with you, that drives me crazy. <laughs> can I do just a, let's do a whip around real real quick? <laughs> what was the first age you remember hearing an f bomb? Oh, for seriously? I'm tired. Oh, yeah. that I can remember. Probably, <laughs> I mean, it was probably earlier than I can remember, but probably ten. Okay, Billy Fifth is grade. Billy's it's
1: definitely earlier than I can remember. Oh yeah, yeah. four. As soon five. as my brain
0: could process what words
1: were, I, think yep. I heard one.
0: Are you kidding me? Sitting around the Gresh family. Oh, hanging you down on, by, in by general. Min- I'm talking. General? Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I'm talking about because normally the first d- place you probably it's one of two places. I think. Well, I don't know if they have playgrounds anymore for kids. I don't know if they're allowed out for recess with a but, mask on. But uh, it was either recess or a parent or a family member, and the very first. Four-year-old me, we moved from Brownsville, Pennsylvania, to a brand-new house that my mom and dad built, right? 1978, or nine, $35,000. Oh, they got a house. moving on Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The old coal miner, right? And then when a water pipe burst, as they were finishing that thing, it was like the old man from A Christmas Story, except the real swear words. And I remember I was just standing there. My mom was just like, yeah, don't repeat those. And then sure enough, like, I don't know, six months later, my mom pissed off my old man. I mean, the old man pissed off my mom. What happened? I started to hear him all over again. That's kind of the way it goes. Some parents get smartened up. Some don't. And this Rube, this guy, oh, the children in the arena, Good Lord! Yeah. How about this? Parent your freaking kids. Real classy. That good job, Boston. Yeah. Good See, job, Boston. What a dig! It's what just a to me. What a, a b. To me, bee. the answer is the answer isn't. To shame and to make fun of and like and just you know hold you to a different standard. Look how classy we are. That's what it was. The four hundred one nails it on the text. The 37937. Clay said, "Don't swear because of the kids." And the next day, Green was swearing in front of his kids at well, the that podium. That happened too. That's what it. was. That happened too. So I, that's why I just see. To me, it's game. It was a little bit of gamesmanship. Okay, which is fair. Whatever. That's the way you want to. If I that's the it. way you want to play, and that's why I think that loss made me more uptight than I'm willing to admit is because they played dirty they played the shame game in mm-hmm. an NBA finals where really anything goes the crowds are yelling deal with it you're telling me like when the Cle- when LeBron James and the and the Cleveland oh. Cavaliers used to come out there when you were playing they your fans were yelling and screaming and cursing stop it like stop i can't handle it you're not that evolved it, it 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 made no sense, but they played you and they won, and you have to sit there and take it. That's why I think, you know, unfinished business is the theme for the Celtics. Just cause, and and so this game, I hope they yell and scream. I hope I hope they keep doing it. Oh, Steve Kerr get offended too. Oh, and that's the other guy. Oh, what a oh, knob! Yeah. He's oh. the worst one. You know what though? I'll be honest. From a coach, I can at least mildly accept it because he can position it as if he's defending his players, okay? So from that end, I'm not giving him complete plausible deniability, but if a if a coach is going to be like, yeah, that crowd was pretty rough, they did not need to say some of the things that they said, bah, 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 but Steve, Lair- Steve Kerr kept adding on and adding on and adding on to it, where it went from oh, yeah, this is more like psychological warfare than it is, I truly am offended, and I wish these fans didn't do this. He also played in Chicago in the 90s. So F.U. Draymond is so, oh, my, did you hear what they said? I would would think out of places, like when I was playing in the league, like some of the funnest places to play were the most, like, dangerous. Call them dangerous. Call them intimidating. Call them, like, like, Oakland. Yeah, I was you old Oakland. Oakland, you played in Oakland. You probably was, got hit with a battery. D sized batteries throw, like, Fine, that was a little dangerous. But going into that south end zone where the black hole was, yeah, if you scored a touchdown, man, they would snatch. They would legit snatch you up, throw stuff at you. It was insane. But we loved driving in on the bus. They were getting, we were getting flipped off. We were getting stuff thrown at the bus. We loved just entering that stadium. It was such a fun atmosphere. I mean, it was fun. I nobody got hurt. And nobody's feelings were hurt, but just wow! This is so much different than playing in you know San Diego or you know Kansas City was loud, but they were polite. Mm-hmm. Like Denver was loud, but they were polite. Like that was a whole way different way of life, just in general. And I loved fans. It. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can go to a Dodger game and get beat within an inch of your life. Oh, that's another. That's a whole. A not, whole not God other forbid deal. it's the San Francisco. Uh, you know, uh, Giants are playing the Dodgers. Okay, so is Draymond? A top five Boston sports villain. Okay. And I know that we live in the moment. No, no, good question. But, but we're talking not just Celtics villain, but we're talking Patriots. We're talking Red Boston Sox. Boston sports. Okay, good. Cross the board. Okay. Does Draymond fit in anywhere? Or is he just a short-term nuisance that we have to react to? 617 779 7937
1: W E E I. Get Boston sports original on the go wherever
0: you go. Just download the Odyssey app. Let me get your thought on something here, foyer No, oh, I love the, this topic. By the, way the rematch of championships. Right? I'm always hesitant to use the word rematch because it doesn't change the outcome. Like I get it. Maybe I'm just taking it too literally and all that kind of stuff. But in years where you have won championships, right, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you play that team maybe on opening night or during the year or, or whatever, right, or even in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? That actually sounds silly, but you bring that up. What is the vibe, feel amongst the pros? Because we've always heard it's your job. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your job. And, like, when people go home and have a bad day at work, but if it's a Friday, eh, get a pizza, have a couple of drinks. Saturday morning, the sun rises and you're okay. But it's not a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity like it is to win a championship. Yeah. So kind of walk me through the athlete's mindset on a rematch that doesn't have the stakes to it, it. It, But you're right, but that's it. The, the, it doesn't have the stakes. So it's important. You may get bragging rights. You may just try to, you know, like, but the, really, when it's all said and done, all, all that is important is how the regular season ends. So do you get bragging rights by, by beating – Uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors at home, sure. But they're going to walk off the court and be like, that's a really good team. You know, hopefully we get to see them in the NBA Finals. You know, the thing that stood out to me, you know, having this type of situation, when we beat the Carolina Panthers for the Super Bowl, the very next season we played them in the preseason. It was a third preseason game, which is supposed to be more, you know, competitive. Starters play longer. I remember they beat us in that preseason game with like their third string quarterback and their third string everything in, like, the fourth quarter. And at the end, they were like basically stormed the field. It was the funniest oh thing. Oh, my God. They, they stormed st- the field? Well, they didn't, like, storm. It was like, oh, they all ran on the field. They're all excited. They reacted and like they did something. They, they reacted like they had, like, paid us back. That's what stood out to me. Like, hey, guys, this doesn't count. Your nobody ring, gives a crap. They don't get your ring. No, you don't get the ring. Oh, you cheated. Oh, there's, no, and nobody cares. And I remember just walking off and just being happy that the freaking, you know, the preseason was over. All oh, we cared about. uh It is interesting. The you know because I think for fans, there is that emotion of oh here come the champs walking back through the door again. We gotta beat them during the regular season. I think it's a little different in the football world from the standpoint of seeding is on the line. So, like, Buffalo and Kansas City, that regular season matchup early this year because of the way that game went during the playoffs, changed playoff, you know, overtime, timing, all that kind of crap. But it's also for something this season. In theory, at the time, it was the number one seed. In the NBA, it isn't that. It's just pride. And if the Celtics lose to the Warriors and they match up against each other again, It's no guarantee that that regular season game is any indication of what is about to happen. So I do think in different sports, there is different mentalities. And in the NFL, there's always the stakes of that number one seed that sort of keeps feeding the beast a little bit. Whereas in the NBA tonight or tomorrow night will be game, uh, what, 46 on the schedule or something like that. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I, uh, what I miss is animosity, anger, like the vindictive nature of professional athletes uh, that used to exist. I do think that this new wave, like everybody works out in the off season together. Nobody wants to hurt the other person's feelings. It's, It's hard to find a real just dog who just doesn't care if we work out together. Like when the game starts, I am my job is to dominate and to make you look silly. It doesn't mean I don't like you. And I feel like, animosity has to be part of. It. So I'm wondering how much of that exists. Like, are we just going to be polite? Are the Celtics just going to be polite and respectful? Or is it like, let's remove all doubt starting now. Like, let's stop, let's make sure they know now. And if we play them, we'll let, we'll remind them when we play them in the finals. Do you have to be disrespectful to all of them across the board? Like, can you be cool with Steph Curry, but if Clay Thompson drives in the lane, I'm going to knock him on his ass. God rest Chris Ford, you know, or like in that era of the 70s where it was, oh, you want to run your mouth? All right, fine. I'm not talking about Kurt Rambis, you know, going all uh, Russian sickle clothesline on somebody, but you understand the overall point? Like, can you kind of split it a little bit to where it can be like, you know what, Curry, I respect you. I'll be okay. Or, yeah, I mean, the, the appropriate level of physicality. But you, you come in the lane, I'm a bloody your nose. Yeah, see, my, my philosophy, my belief is, One's in, we're all in. Got it. That's the way I think about it. If and Listen, if I am telling you guys that this is the way, like we're a team, we're going to do this together, then everybody is fair game. Doesn't mean we don't like you. It doesn't mean that we don't respect your game because you're really freaking good, but we're just going to play this game differently. And I kind of like the fact because normally there's so many damn games where do you get the animosity and the anger? And where when does it even come out? Yeah, maybe if you're competing for playoff positioning, winning a division title, you know something like that. No, but even so, I feel like there's this natural rivalry, even though it's not even a rival really, with like Kyrie Irving and whoever he plays with. So whenever the Celtics play the Brooklyn Nets, they play hard, like the last time we played. Okay, and the Celtics play hard because there's this, it just feels like it's more important or it's more intense, even though it really isn't. Because it's the middle of a season game, but it does have a little bit of, I don't know, something to it. See, to me, the Nets are chasing the Celtics, which is why they play hard versus we're all going to rally around Kyrie because we all want to stick it to Boston. Whereas with, with us here, really, it's a lot of us that are the ones that are hooked on the Kyrie hate because the Jays have talked about how they both love the guy. Jalen Brown's talked about, hey, man, when, you know, the chips are down or whatever, I need an ear, I actually call Kyrie Irving. And it's funny because we, the fan base, have not been able to transfer that kind of hatred about Kyrie to the team, which I find fascinating because to me, the Nets... Are trying to prove that this whole thing with Kevin Durant is worth it, and Kyrie's a part of that. But to us, whenever the Celtics play the Nets, it's fu. Somebody ripped Kyrie's See, face off. So okay, so to me, those types of like when when there's an established, consistent winner organization, and there's a new up and coming group of players. That have been drafted and developed, and they're just they're finding their way, and they're almost there. I mean, I can give you examples: ninety of, like, Bulls beating Bull, the Pistons, and, and I would Look say at that, that group absolutely okay. And, and and the in the Philadelphia 76ers before that, there were always these established right. teams, and then the young up and coming group had to beat the next, and then it was like so. Uh, so it was it like the Detroit Detroit Pistons beat the Lakers, or like the Celtics, and they had to beat the Lakers and the Bulls? It was like this whole succession plan. Mm-hmm. So, I, so that's why I picked Sacramento LA for this game tonight. In uh, my, that is the lunchtime parlay. In the lunchtime parlay because there is this aspect of even though the Lakers suck and they're not any good, nobody's giving the Sacramento Kings any respect. Even though they're a damn good team and out of the three times they beat them, they won two out of the three. And the, and the third game that, that beat them, it was like a last second shot. It was like they won by two points. So there is some respect that's you know, that hasn't really been received yet, even though all the players in the Lakers say, we respect it. we respect you. You really don't because they haven't won anything. I agree. You know, it's interesting. A texter sends in from the 781 to 37937, Bruins-Vancouver was the best rematch. And you know why? Because it got chippy. It got into the whole Tim Thomas pumping tires with Roberto Luongo. There was real... Antagonism there, you know I, what I mean. I, I, that is what makes the game special I, for me. That's so you hope that you get that. You wonder if there's any of that left. Oh, from in, last ho- year. in hockey, hockey oh, in hockey, in hockey, you definitely but, get it. But in terms of this, I wonder. Oh no! It'll unless Draymond Green does something or reacts to the crowd or whatever it is. I think it's going to be much more tickle butt. Hey, love you. Let's go play hard. Here we go. Yeah, see, I don't versus know until the F crowd you, gets into it. I'll be honest with you. Like, this to me is the kind of game coming up tomorrow night that guys like Tatum and Brown, I hope, live for. I expect Marcus Smart to uh, be at full blood flow for tomorrow night, if you know what I mean. I want to know that the superstars feel it too. Like, I want to know... That in a way, Jason Tatum has had this circ. And I get it. It's not his personality. He's not hellfire and brimstone. But there's the competitiveness in there, right? And there's that part of me that, like, I want to know that for a guy like Tatum, tomorrow night is not just a normal game. Well, the other aspect of that is whenever these, you know, we talked about the whole NBA, you know, the whole NBA ladder. Now, not that Steph Curry is in it but whenever they play against a team with a like another player who is you know this perceived you know mvp or superstar mm-hmm. they do their game does you know you know Tatum versus up. take Tatum versus Luka from what 10 days ago or whatever in it Dallas, was right yeah. in Dallas yeah so that was and, and he played like crap got hurt came back in he still almost had like almost 30 points or something Luca, like right? that yeah, yeah. luka and uh tatum it is what it is but that to me is the only way You get like a true head to head. This really matters. Like bragging rights are on the line. I deserve it more than you. Cause it only becomes a stats game. Even with that, when we did the MVP ladder, you look at the first two who was it? uh, It was uh, Jokic and uh, Doncic. And both of them were close to a triple double. Like one was at 9.7 assists. I think they were close to a, a double double, a triple double. And um, Tatum was just scoring leader, but he didn't have nearly as many rebounds or assists. But, you but know, he led the – but they lead the league in wins. So there, that's And that is the mitigating so that, factor. So what is it – so I always felt like those are the type of matchups you live for. This is the game that you end up – that used to be played for us on a Saturday afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, must-see TV, game of the week type of thing. It's only one game on, and then everybody is watching. It's harder to find those games now. Well, that is tomorrow night. It is on TNT. I'm sure Shaq and Chuck and crew are going to be all wound up and ready to go. They had the junior varsity working on TNT last night. They threw in like Candace Parker and uh, D Wade and it wasn't even Ernie Johnson hosting last night. We do have another little layer of a Celtics nugget here, uh, recently dropped on Twitter by, uh, I would say, friend of the show and a good dude, Brian Robb of uh, Mass Live. And the headline is, Celtics trade rumors, Peyton Pritchard has interest from the Warriors and other playoff teams. Hmm. So uh, B-Rob writes about how the playing time hasn't been as consistent this year for the 25-year-old, and uh, it says there are many parts of Pritchard's game that make him appealing to teams like the Warriors and others. 40.1% career three-point shooter on a very team-friendly rookie deal through next season. He's only earning $2.2 million, $2. $2 million this year. $4 million next year. Apparently, the Warriors inconsistent bench issues, all that kind of stuff. However, uh, the Celtics are not inclined to move from Peyton Pritchard at this time. And I got to be honest with you. Unless there's another corresponding move that Brad Stevens is going to make. Like, if he's going to trade Pritchard and ultimately turn it into a different player, then I'd be okay with that. But otherwise... Hoard the assets. It doesn't cost you to have really this guy on the roster very much at all. And look, Hayden Pritchard might play 20 minutes in the whole playoff run. I'm underestimating, but you get my point. He might not get off the bench very much in the playoffs. I still want him there because I know what I have in the guy. Yeah, and um, so yeah, his minutes are obviously taking a hit, and you're right. The only way he's going to play, so Jalen Brown's been out. D. White gets elevated. Uh, Grant Williams gets elevated. Brogdon gets elevated. So he's he's basically, when it comes to bench players, assuming everybody's healthy, it's Brogdon, it's Williams, Grant Williams, it's Cornette, it feels like sometimes. To be honest with you, Luke Cornette, Hauser. Robert Williams or Al, depending on the opponent. Well, but my point is I'm assuming all those, I'm assuming those, your, your, your starters start. Rob Williams, Al Horford. Uh, Jason and, 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 and Jays, the and then you go from there. So he's well, like almost like the fifth person off the bench now when I think about it, if you include Hauser. And Gallinari, you don't know if you're getting him before the playoffs. Well, number one, you do have some time. Trade deadline isn't until February 9th, I think it is, as I'm reading in here. Yeah, I think February 9th is the uh, trade deadline. And I know that the Celtics are on the hunt for another big man. Kind of like insurance in case something goes wonky. Maybe we're Robert Williams during the playoffs. Yeah, NBA trade deadline's on February 9th. So the Celtics do have a little bit of time to be able to make a decision. I think the other thing, too, is I don't know if I want to trade with the Warriors. If we're going to be real about this, and you're going to not only hoard assets, but who are you going to make a deal with? I mean, like, seriously, what are you going to get? A a first-round pick in return what, for Pritchard, right? What does that? What does that do you? How does that help you this year? Unless you're, unless there's someone that you like in the draft, do you want to replenish, or it's some sort of trade exception? Which God Almighty, we've heard of a million times. I, I don't, I don't. Uh, uh, unless I'm clearly winning the deal, I don't want to help the Warriors add depth because I might see them in a championship round. Yeah, and the other thing is, like it, to your point, it just. So what does it really cost you to keep him? It's like it's almost like a it's it's like a luxury item but without the luxury of like, you know, you don't he doesn't really do anything for you. He plays randomly. If he's and he's a streaky shooter, if he jumps in and he starts hitting his shots, he'll stay in, but as soon as he becomes a liability, he starts missing shots, especially in the playoffs, they pull him. When he was playing good last year in the postseason, he was hitting shots early. He hits his first shot, he stays in. He starts missing shots, they pull him. Because he can't keep the lead, he can't hold the lead. Well, and with with Peyton Pritchard, there is the defensive issue. But then again, if you're Golden State, you're just looking to try to get into shootouts. And I just don't know. I honestly, I don't know if it's worth it to move on from Pritchard to begin with. And again, it's not the greatest basketball player that ever lived. But to your point, if he's your tenth man or your eleventh guy, and you know you got to go there. You have a guy that's going to come in and try hard and has some qualities a- that you can work hard. with. He's going to try hard. You know what? I wow. hate to say it. He's a try hard. He is. Yeah. I mean, he is isn't Peyton Pritchard the quintessential example oh, of, he has to. of the try hard? He has to. When he gets on the court, he's going to have to sh- somehow sh- like be noticed. And he gets noticed by trying hard, by hustling his yeah, ass he's off, hustle. trying to play as much defense as he can, but also knock down those open threes and that is still a commodity in this league. And by the way, the Celtics do not have enough of it to be trading some of it at this point. So, good stuff there from our uh, buddy B Rob of Mass Live in terms of uh, teams knocking on the door for the Celtics. And the trade rumors are going to start to crank up a little bit. Teams are now going to start to get itchy. You know, it'll turn into, I don't want to say an arms race, but it'll be, what are you willing to give up? How much are you willing to sacrifice to be able to get what you want? And I do believe, and I haven't checked, so I might be speaking out of the waz, but I do think the Celtics still have a roster spot open from the move that they made in sending Vonley to to San Antonio. Terp's giving me the nod. Yes, they do. So they have that one spot to be able to kind of play with. So if you got to do like a a two-for-one or something like that, The Celtics have the ability to be able to do it and ultimately cut someone, keep away from the tax, all that kind of stuff. But I'm excited for tomorrow night's game. I'm not excited for all of the verbiage that I'm sure we're going to hear from Draymond Green, and he's going to drive us freaking nuts, to which I would say don't fall for it. It's that simple. Just don't fall for yeah, it. Yeah, I thought the guy that they were looking at was like that Luke Portal guy, that big center. Oh, yeah. That was the guy that uh, I thought they were. Jakob Paul or something Pollard. like yeah, from that. from San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they couldn't free him up for yeah. Noah Vonley. So, I guess Brad Stevens had to make one deal to be able to get the other one done. Are you done? Sends us on our way next. WEI. WEI. New England Sports Original. AUD. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on WEI. Are you done? Are you done? We're almost done. And Are You Done is sponsored by Unified Office. If you run a business... You know the rough impact the labor shortage can have on your customer's phone experience. Unified Office specializes in keeping businesses from losing incoming customer calls and revenue. Learn more at UnifiedOffice.com. Billy Lanny, are you done? I am not. Real
1: quick, so on this day in 1996, Major League Baseball unanimously approved in a league play to start in 1997. Now at the time, I thought it was absolutely amazing because you'd get to see teams you don't normally get to see, play as you don't normally get to see. But all this time later, I hate it. Really? I really, yeah, absolutely hate it. Because here is what it is: it's ruined the All Star game. It's ruined this World Series because we see these teams so much. Also, the accessibility of things has changed big time since '97.
0: That is 162 games.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, it's like you looked forward to the All Star game because these were players you were never going to see before. You, you don't get to see all the time. Yeah, I got my I got my information from Sports Center and this week in baseball. But just now the way of the world where everything is so accessible and you can get literally highlights on your phone at any time, there's no mystery to these players anymore. You know hey I mean? everybody. Like, I'm Alan, love it. Alan.
0: Welcome to this week in baseball.
1: You know, I mean How again, about
0: that? I'm taking a dirt <laughs> nap.
1: But that was my thing. So Interleague League Baseball at the time I thought was amazing the way times have changed and the accessibility of highlights. I just I wish they would do without it.
0: Yeah, Billy, I'm kind of with you. I'll be honest. Like, there's a part really? of me. Oh, yeah. There's oh, a... you're stuck in the old ways. No. Oh, the no, no, old, no. Get off my lawn. You know what it is? Billy nailed it. It kind of ruined the All Star game. The appeal of the All Star game in the 80s was seeing fat ass Rick Rushell of the Giants matching up against, like, Wade Boggs and Bo Jackson. That's right. It was like, here's Bo Jackson, one of the greatest athletes that ever lived. Looks like he was carved out of granite. And here's a guy coming to the mound with his KY ball who's finishing his palm Mall when he gets out onto the mound to snuff it out before he throws him a fork ball that Bo Jackson hits into orbit. That was baseball. Mm, man, i tell you what. I, all that just for one game. Out of all of all the games, like you get get, Look you at get at the, bent the controversy had, that has come from it. You had dumbass Uncle Bud Selig standing there scratching his nards in his own home city, being like, "Duh, what do I do? What do I do?" Yeah, it led to a <laughs> lot of problems in baseball. Right? They
1: tried to make it mean something, and people hated that concept. Yes.
0: So that the, the issue is not like how they set up the all-star game the 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 thing is the all-star game they suck it's it's not even They're the all-star terrible. baseball the game, all-star game they shouldn't have all nobody wants to suck. P- right. nobody wants to
1: play in them right and it's because you got to see players um, that you didn't see
0: year round all right. there you go are you done are, are you done are you done i'm done Justin, are you done? I'm not done just yet. So eight years ago today, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots defeated the Colts in the AFC Championship game, 45-7, to which gave us the flake gate, which gave us a lot of laughs for Aww. many reasons about how ridiculous it was from going to court. But one of the most forgotten parts of that is the courtroom sketch. And it's going to be on Twitch here in a minute. Oh, The courtroom sketch of that. That the, the of Tom Brady was so bad and it's so funny I can't I can't get over it. <laughs> that also gave us Bill Belichick saying, "I am not saying that I am the Mona, Mona Lisa Vito yeah. of of footballs." <laughs> that was such a doc time for sports radio. It was a man. great time. Uh, I mean, it, no, was, it was a content, It was content for days,
1: but 500 was, days later, I'm like, oh my god, why are we still talking? The Wells right.
0: Report. I remember when that dropped. And the Wells reporting on Oh, context. my God. The Who paper, read it?
1: The paper that we burned through printing out the Wells report. Oh, uh, Just which, a wild
0: time. Which, Billy, I'm sure on the show you were working at that time, the hosts went through it line by line, I'm oh, sure. Oh, they had their highlighters out. Oh, I'm sure. They did diligent work. Uh, Terp, you nailed that one, brother. That's pretty good. Are you are done? You done? Are, You're done. Are you done? Are you done? I am done. Foyer, you done. No, I am not, because on uh, Monday during the Manning cast of the Tampa Bay Bucks and Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, they go back and forth between the game and actually the Mannings. Peyton Manning said this. Coming out of halftime, all those halftime adjustments, it really paid off right there. That I don't know about you, I, I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think that's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? You go in, yeah, but you, eat, you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're in there for like three minutes. You know? <laughs> there's no time. He's right, though. When you think about halftime adjustments, by the time you get to the locker room, they're actually telling you to hurry up. We got to go. God forbid you're at one of those stadiums where the visitor's locker room is like way the hell out of it. Like the Patriots, you just go through the side entrance and then you're in the locker room and you kind of hang out, do whatever. And if you're the visitor, you got to go all the way around and go all cut left and go all the way. By the time you get there, you literally have to come out. So what is what happens during halftime? The fat guys sit with the fat guys. So the defensive fat guys sit with their uh, fat guy coaches, and then the other guys just kind of hover and float and like look for someone to talk to. Your coach runs down, he says, Okay, we good? We good? And then he runs up to the back up to the booth because he's got to hurry up and get his ass back up there. So there's not a lot of things that go on other than just blitz pickups. That's what I would say with the offensive fat guys. That's it. You don't like that, do you? I think... Agree or disagree? I think y'all are underselling it. Uh, Well, no. Because because Uh, the adjustments are really connected to the coaches. And for me to think that you played... How many years did you get credited? 13. No, 13. I played 13. I didn't get credited? Okay. I played 13. Years. All right. <laughs> and then all those so what are we what are we talking about? 16 times 13, uh quick math. Oh, well over 100 games in the NFL. Yeah, over like 190. You All right. So almost 200 games in yeah. the NFL. And no one ever said to you before halftime, here's what we're doing different. It doesn't uh, the point is that it a lot of people look at the halftime uh, opportunity as to make wholesale changes. You're making changes after every series. So the fact that you have an extra 10 minutes to really relax and not be rushed to do it, I think is overplayed to to his point. The biggest issue is like there'll be some sort of blitz that the line couldn't figure out, and that is drawn up on the chalkboard. So this might have to be uh, something we unpack in 5-Minute Football Nerd. because We should should definitely make this a little bit longer. Are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Yes. I am done and we are done. That is it for us today. We know Andrew Raycroft will be with us tomorrow. Hopefully we'll talk football with Michael Irvin. Uh trying to finalize that and nail it down. And that is it for us. Mego and Arcan are next. Turp and Billy produced it. If something went wrong, blame them. Foyer and I will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Are you done?
1: Are you done? Are you done? Okay. Okay. Are you done?
0: You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? Okay. Okay.